2: Slash Let's go!
1: This is the
3: Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abedhafei, on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: Welcome back. This is our number two of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe out in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi in the great state of New Jersey. We had a fun first hour. We thank Jason Lockenfora of 105.7 The Fan and The Washington Post for joining us in our number one. Our buddy Matt Humans will be in studio 30 minutes from now to give us his NFL plays. He's got to play in the early game today and in both games tomorrow as well as this is divisional round weekend here, Michael, as we kick off the this hour we'll go back to this Texans Ravens game we've talked about it quite a bit here but I want to kind of go more in depth here on the market where the side right now is Baltimore laying nine and a half but we're starting to see some tens crop up on some uh some faraway places and the total still sitting at 43 and a half
5: yeah, and, and I've had this idea that it might get to nine at some point, and especially, you know, when we're so close to kickoff, right, there's always that rush of money that comes in. You know, early in the week, Femi, I was looking at my board here and the betting splits, and, you know, the 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 uh, 49er-Packer game was like double the amount of bets of any other game, which was kind of strange on Monday morning. It was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And the line wasn't moving. And it's the same thing, and then all of a sudden, this game now has overtaking, obviously, because it's played today. You know, we're going to kick that ball off at four thirty today. Uh, you know, now all there's money coming in, and what's what which we always look for is a pattern here of. Where is the money coming, and who is making these bets? Can anybody move the number? Now, I think where we really make a huge mistake is is when somebody tries to move the number. We think they know something other than what we what we know. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure that's true, right? Like, I'm not sure that's true. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that know a lot about football, but I'm not sure if anybody knew more than someone else, they would not be having they would not be at 60% betting. They would be at 99.9% winning. <laughs> And then, you know, we, we wouldn't have to talk to him. <laughs> so I think this is all about feel and about texture and about how, they, how you visualize the game going, right? And when you sit there and start planning it out, you know, you watch the Rams run the football in Baltimore on them. Now, can I'm sure that Bobby Slovak took that Ram tape and said, okay, we're going to have to run it a little bit here like Sean did. Can we do that? and can we control it and mcdonald's sitting there saying okay we got to fix this because the 49ers couldn't run the ball early on him either so they did fix that and the multiplicity of baltimore's defense can create some problems for a young quarterback right and let's not forget cj stroud as great as he is third most passing yards of any rookie in the league other than andrew luck and justin herbert you know he's been remarkable been remarkable but this is still his rookie season And so there's going to be some things that are happening on the road, snap count, getting the right play, not checking off, making a mistake. They only have six turnovers all year on the road. Three of them came in that Cincinnati game. Okay? Three of them came in that Cincinnati game. So he's been very good at protecting the football. They fumbled in the Baltimore game. So the first Baltimore game. So he's great at protecting the football. But for me, this is going to be a little bit of a different game, and I could see why this number is not moving towards Houston because can they keep up? This offense is really good. Remember, this Houston Texan team, for as good as they are, and they deserve a ton of credit, they are a bad Shane in quarter or last five minutes of a game in terms of game management from not even being here.
4: It's a, it's a game of inches, isn't it? If they convert that fourth and one, Indianapolis likely scores a touchdown. And we're talking about the Colts going ahead and hosting the Cleveland Browns instead of it being the Houston Texans. But you mentioned Shroud and his ability to protect the football. He hasn't thrown an interception since November 11th.
5: Uh, that he, scares me. Uh, that, that's, that scares me. You think that he's, you think he's due? <laughs> well, it's a little bit like when they jinx the kicker, you know? It's like, oh. And because sometimes, the, you know, sometimes the, the interception is not the quarterback's fault. Uh-huh. See, th- again, now let's get into an analytical analysis. Like, we lump all interceptions as the quarterback's fault when that's not, that's not a real analytical process, they have to be separated. Is it his fault? And how do you separate them? Well, you have to know what the, what the quarterback was told. Do you think all the people that are breaking down tape really understand what is being told from coach to quarterback? I doubt it. So I think it's a problem. Look, th- there's going to be some different looks. Baltimore's had two weeks to get ready for this game. And McDonald's a good coach. They're multiple with their fronts. They're multiple with their looks. They've got two really good linebackers who can get them and their communication You rarely makes a mistake. They're able to. Cleveland had trouble with their communication. I'm sure Jim Schwartz does not want to see that tape very very soon because that wasn't their finest hour in Cleveland. So I think this is going to be a really hard game for the Texans. I don't think you can take the ease of of movement and the ease of winning last week and translate it into this week.
4: And for those who would like to dabble into that prop market, there's CJ Stroud to throw an interception. Uh, over half an interception is minus 166 at DraftKings. Under plus 130. So the market is implying that the expectation, more often than not, is that he will throw an interception in this game, even though he's been really good at protecting the football. But I, I do want to talk more about Stroud here because, like we've talked about it a lot throughout this season, and if you just said it, he's been remarkable as a rookie. Is there a chance that like he's just one of those kind of like elite guys that like five years down the line we're talking about cj stroud top five quarterback and maybe this is almost a little bit similar to what we saw a couple years ago with joe burrow and that Bengals team to where yeah like okay they got the win over the raiders but tennessee should take care of business and they go into tennessee they get that win they go to arrowhead the next week and i'm not saying that the texans are going to the super bowl but is stroud potentially like five years down the line going to be looked at as hey yeah this is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and remember a few years ago when he was catching nine and a half in a playoff game
5: Well, I think this. I think one of the things that we don't give enough credit to in studying and giving evaluation is the system match to the player skill set. You know, we we have this notion, well, he's a system quarterback. Everybody's a system quarterback, right? Everybody is. Like there's just nobody that you just throw the cape over and say win the game. Maybe John Elway, but it wasn't until Mike Shanahan showed up that they won two Super Bowls. They got to a bunch of them. You know, because he could make incredible plays. I mean, really, to be honest, the, the the John Elway similarities to Josh Allen hold. Yeah. Both of them were impossible to tackle. Both of them were fast. Both of them could throw the ball from here to eternity. Right. And both of them put the teams on their backs. Right. And so that that's similar. But to me, I think the system match is perfect. I think what you have to give D'Amico Ryan's credit for was recognizing that Bobby Slovic was a really good play caller, a really, really good developer of the quarterback. Moving forward, if he loses Slovic, who comes in? And that's going to determine, not that Stroud's not going to be a good player, but we know that systems match really make a difference, right? System match make a difference. Conversely, Nick Mullen didn't look very good playing for Kyle Shanahan, but Brock Purdy does. But we want to call Brock Purdy a system quarterback, that anybody can play well in there. That's completely wrong, right? That's just, that's just a dumb narrative that's too lazy. So I think that's the key. I, I fully expect them to get better with experience, you know, and as they get more around them, I think ultimately, if you said to me, I did Dallas radio yesterday yesterday, trying to talk those guys off the ledge. They were like you. And my guys, Sean and RJ. (laughs) Yes, Sean and RJ, they're ready to, to, you know. I mean, finally, we had to talk about the Kennedy assassination just to get them calmed down a little bit. (laughs) But uh, anyway, you know, I mean, like I I would say this. If I were in the Dallas room, I'm like, look, look, Dak makes what he makes by the system, not by our willingness to want to pay that. We can't control the, the free market that's called quarterbacks. But what we can control is how we handle Dak. And I think, and I've said this about a lot of players, that we're going to end the game with Dak throwing it 40 times. That's not probably going to be a good thing for our offense. And losing Zeke last year, even though he wasn't great, but they didn't replace Zeke with a power back. Not having that and Pollard taking a step backwards really affected their scheme in terms of when they had to play the good teams. So I think a lot of it is scheme generated. And if they lose, if they lose, if they lose uh, Slovic, they're going to have to find somebody who can do what Slovak does as well as Slovic. It's the same thing in in Detroit. If they lose Ben Johnson, right? I mean, Golf was there before Ben Johnson, and it wasn't perfect. I mean, remember it was Anthony Lynn. Then then we had to have then Dan Dan, Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell had to take yeah. over the play call. And so it wasn't as smooth as it is now because, as Walsh said years ago, very few people can coach the quarterback and even fewer can evaluate him.
4: Yeah, it's the, t- it's the toughest v- the position to go ahead and evaluate. That's why we see uh, some of the misses that we see at the top of the draft here. Uh, I do see CJ Stroud and what the, the growth that he's made from the first throw in New England in the preseason to where he is now has been remarkable. And it's you credit the coaching staff and you credit C.J. Stroud. But with that said, because a lot of people like the Houston Texans this week, a lot of people falling into what they saw last week, do you feel like there's just a little bit of kind of, uh, I guess, a, a trendy underdog situation that we got going on mm-hmm. here and people kind of fading, of course, Lamar's past playoff failures? Again, like, It feels like there's a right. lot of things working in concert here to where maybe people like Houston more than
5: they would like Baltimore. I, I, obviously, that's true with some of, the, some of the public. I think the people that study this, that's why we haven't seen the line move, right? Yeah. The professionals haven't moved the line. And so I think that, you know, one of the things you have to do in betting is forget about what happened last week and move towards this week. And so, yes, Stroud's a really good player. But now the situation has changed they're not, everything's not all the same. He's on the road. He only averages 19, yard, 19 points on the road. He's had games on the road which have not been as effective for him. You know, he went into Carolina, couldn't move the football. You know, I mean, against the Colts, there were periods where they couldn't make play. I mean, the Colts did a nice job against him, right? However, that being said, you know, this is going to be a really, this is going to be the hardest road game of his career. It's not going to be Cincinnati with a bad defense, right? So they're going to have to, he's going to have to play really well. And I I don't think you can carry that over in terms of, okay, next week he's going to play the same, right? I mean, we've got enough sample size of him on the road. Carolina threw for 119 you know you know he threw for one th- they 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 threw for 192 against the Titans well he didn't play in that game that went to overtime but for the most part you know that hasn't been the case the one game he was sensational was the 356 yards that he passed against the Bengals and the first Jacksonville game
4: yeah yeah the Jacksonville game was kind of what put this team on the map we'll give our final thoughts on that game coming up a little bit later but coming up next Niners Packers the NFC divisional game tonight we'll break it down here on the Lombardi line
5: <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your
3: host, Timmy Abbafei, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: If you haven't already, check out the new vison.com We have a fresh new look there, enhanced navigation, and a mobile-first focus. Time is money and sports betting, and this site's pages have been built to load quickly. We have also expanded our educational content and strategy section for both new and experienced bettors. Check out the new vison.com today, and if you have any questions about the sunsetting of the vcin app, please go to vison.com slash faq. A lot of hard work was put into revamping the website, so we encourage everyone Went to go ahead and take a look at that great this job
5: is too my, my man bill job. ad man was he busy huh
4: fantastic job bill AD and jordan and adam like they did a t- tremendous did job awesome job on the whole thing so uh yeah everybody go ahead and check that out And if looking you have any sharp questions, yeah,
5: yeah looking sharp
4: just in time for the divisional round weekend. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Bebefe, Michael Lombardi and we have hit the key number of 10 in tonight's divisional game in the NFC between the Packers and the 49ers. Total 50 and a half but we're heading towards 51 pretty much across the board. I'm seeing some 51s and some off the grid places. DraftKings now has gone to 51 here with the total and get this. This is an interesting note. Our producer Elliot put this in there. The Niners have been favored in all 17 of their games this season and now of course, double-digit favorites later on tonight. They'll be the 21st team to be favored in each of their regular season games. Of those teams, six of them went on to win the Super Bowl. So the market has a lot of respect, as it should, for this 49ers outfit.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, they, they, they're, I, look I, I say this with respect to them. I don't think they're as good as they were defensively in the past, but their front's got to c- take over. I do think Green Bay can move the football. Love's got to be really good protecting it. You know, and they're a different team than they were when they faced Tommy DeVito in the Meadowlands on a Monday night. They're a different team when they struggled to beat Carolina. And, you know, Carolina put 30 points on them, the best outing of Carolina's offensive season. So, but what worries you is what never seems to go away, right? One of the keys to any great organization is the ability to fix problems, to see the problems beforehand and then fix them d- during the season. Because if you wait to the offseason, it's too damn hard to fix them. And this Green Bay run defense under the direction of Joe Barry has always been poor in terms of run fits, in terms of handling the run. Now they're going after a guy who prides himself on the run game, who prides himself on being able to run the football to set up his play-action passes, right? This is a team where, you know, they're 28, the Packers, in yards allowed on the ground. They're 23rd in yards per attempt. And so, you know, yeah, they can play the pass half decent. You know, they don't turn the ball over. They don't intercept the pass. But they can. But the reality here is, can they stop this this team from running the football? And... And that's going to be the issue. And where they really kind of, where I think it's going to, the game's going to come down to is third down, right? These games always come down to third and short. You know, what are we doing? How are we playing it? And that's going to be the issue. Green Bay was 25th overall on third down. And, you know, and Kyle will run the football on third down. He's not afraid to do that. And he's got so many weapons. And he and he challenges you. One of the great things about the 49ers is their ability to play. Positionless football, their ability to challenge your checks. Okay, so for example, if they come out in a normal uh, 11 personnel group, or say they come out with two backs in the backfield, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, all right, and they take Debo and move them into the backfield, and they take McCaffrey and move them out to the receiver. Okay, so even though it's the same, even though they've just exchanged, it's a swap. And they put the fullback in the wing, even though it's just a, a simple swap of positions. If you're in man coverage, I have I have Debo. Do I line up inside or do I pass Debo off to the guy who was supposed to have McCaffrey? How do I get that all communicated within rapidly? How do I do that quickly? How do I make sure everybody has it? Right. And if they're playing at a little bit of a tempo, it's hard. And so by him being able to maneuver his chess pieces around, causing you to have to catch up to him, that becomes a real issue. And when he has time to study you, when he has time to really prepare his motions to create the to create the, the mistakes in your run force. See, everything in a football game is about who's forcing the run and where are we forcing the run to. You know, we're going to hear today, well, they're in an eight-man front. Like, that solves all run game problems, right? Well, like, the box. That's the, that's the <laughs> biggest joke of all time. It's, you know, I've lived through this, right? You know, we're going to – Al Davis wanted to be an eight-man front. But every time the quarterback bootlegs, somebody had to run with the quarterback. So, really, we're in a six-man front. Because he, he left the box, and the backside end was going to defend whatever was coming. So we, were really in a, we only had six gaps covered. So that's where Kyle gets you. And you got to be really sharp, and you got to be really good in your unfits. And it becomes a play game, not a player's game, because you're one gap short, and this is where San Francisco gains it. And as the game goes on, the adjustments that occur are all predicated on that. Yeah, it's it's why this is a, a
4: very tough offense to go ahead and defend. They ask so many questions of the defense. And you mentioned like when they do those swaps with McCaffrey and Debo and to kind of get into the weeds of it, since we're already here, do you, like for the defense, does that mean that they have to kind of just go to a zone look there to where you're just like, all right, like right, let's just go ahead and sit in zone because we can't man up because we don't want to get caught with our linebacker now out on the boundary against Christian
5: McCaffrey. Right. So they check to something that that Kyle knows they're going to check to. Yep. So what he's trying to do is get them to check to what he wants them to check to, and then he has a play against those checks. Mm. See, it's always counterpunching. It's a counterpunch. This is where McVeigh's so good. I'm going to motion. I'm going to do something here to force you to check into something I want you to check in. And most people don't have a multiplicity of checks or adjustments within their coverage base. And that's where you get into problems. And so that's where Belichick has always been such a great defensive coach because he starts with simplicity. He starts with a basic defensive concept. And then based on the week that he has to play, it becomes complicated. When you start complicated, like Dan Quinn was trying to do, and then you try to simplify it, you make mistakes. When you watch that tape, they blew coverages. They dropped guys. They're playing zone. They're not comfortable. And so even though they were playing at home, their communication was horrendous. This is where great offensive coaches. That's why, you know, we talk. I mean, you know, your boy Danny O was talking about going for an interview for, a, for an offensive coordinator's job. Mm. Like most people think it's just play calling like they're mad in the basement. It's not. It's strategy. It's strategy of understanding the complete defensive complexities and then devising plays that attack the adjustments within that. That's called offensive football. That's what a coordinator does. That's what the elite ones do. Calling plays are for the guy eating meatloaf in his basement in Des Moines. You know, I'm going to run this play. They have a hard time stopping it. Well, that, that's, that, that's, that's, it. that's what the Eagles were doing on Monday night. They were running plays. They were never attacking the coverages. They were never attacking the adjustments.
4: <laughs> Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> that's that's what came to my mind when you said the meatloaf. But yeah, it's and that's kind of the difference between, I think, like my old guy, Kellen Moore, like, like they, they ran some cool designer stuff that was like, hey, that looks cool. Like that's a really cool play. But when you actually get to, from a down to down basis here, where is the strategy going with this thing to where that separates the... Decent play callers from like the Kyle Shanahan are the elite play callers, one of the best that we've ever seen in football. We had Dieter Kurtenbach on yesterday from the Bay Area News Group covers the Niners, contributor for KNBR. And he said that he sees this playoff run, not just tonight. He's assuming that they win, that they also have a big game next week as well for Christian McCaffrey. Do you see this being a McCaffrey playoff driven run? You mentioned the run game there is McCaffrey a guy that in the prop market, you might look to play some of those overs.
5: You know, I I think McCaffrey is a huge part of what they do. And he's he's the hardest guy for Green Bay to adjust to, right? Because you have to treat him as a receiver. You have to treat him as a running back, you know, and he can convert third downs. I mean, that's really where his skill set just becomes so damn hard to defend because he's so good at, you know, he's got 83 first downs, 83 first downs. He averaged 8.4 yards a target. Every time he caught the ball, it was eight yards. That's, that's what you want. That's not catching screens. You know? And when you can get 83 first downs, I mean, they have 147 first downs in terms of their rush game. He's got 83 of them, right? They've got 207 first downs in terms of their passing game. He's got 31 of them. You know, so he's third, he's fourth in that category. I mean, Debo only has 34 first downs. So you're talking about a guy who's got over a hundred first downs. I mean, he's hard to defend and, you know, and he's hard to match up with because, you know, it's easy to say we're going to double him, but they move him around so damn much. How do you double them? How do you handle them? What do you do with them? If he's lined up in this spot, remember this about football. There's really only two formations in football. They're really Let's not complicate the sport. There's either two receivers to both sides or there's three to one side and one to the other. Where the complexity comes in is who are those three and who are those two. That's where Kyle has the advantage because he can change who the three are and who the one are and who the two are and who the other two are. He can change it without having a substitute, without having to run guys on the field so the defense knows what you're doing. That's the
4: positionless football that you started this segment talking about there for the 49ers. It makes them uh, incredibly difficult to try to defend here. We'll talk more about the Packer side of this when we have our buddy Matt humans on in the next segment here, but uh, that that total you, you like the over. I like the over as well. I was on all like the money over, yeah. on Tuesday like I gave out the over on that one at over 50. I'd still play over 50 and a half and I, I might look to still play over 51 because I see the Niners being able to name their squad on offense. and I do think that the Jordan Love led Packer offense will be pretty good in this game as well, but coming up next, Matt Humans in studio here on the Lombardi Line.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Timmy Ababafe on VCN, the sports betting network. DraftKings
4: Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VEASAN only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code VEASAN. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. It's a divisional round weekend and joining us in studio, it's our buddy who's joined us all throughout this football season, host of v Syn tonight, which you can check out Monday through Friday, 9 to midnight Eastern with Wes Reynolds. He is the one and only Matt Humans
3: in studio. Matt, how are we mm-hmm. doing today, man? Doing great. Thanks for asking.
4: Yeah, it's, hey, uh, it's uh, the divis- <laughs> divisional round weekend. I figured uh, i just the only people want to know if you're doing well. Um, people don't care. They just want winners. <laughs> they want winners. You don't think they care about huh? you? Uh, well, no. let's get to the those winners then Texans at the Ravens right now the Baltimore Ravens nine and a half point favorites total 43 and a half maybe we get to 10 there's some
3: 10s in some places here but uh, how do you see this side or total okay this is a uh, tricky game because I, I like the Texans a little bit but not a lot here and uh, I just watched the uh last night I watched the replay of the week one game between these teams now Texans much uh, different team much more confident team than they were in week one I think CJ Stroud's uh, much better quarterback than he was, obviously, in the first week of the season. Uh, but that might not mean that the result of this game is going to be a lot different. Now, I'll say the first time these teams played, it was 7-6 at halftime. And you could see that the Baltimore defensive front was getting a lot of pressure on Stroud. He couldn't really make plays. The offensive line couldn't handle the pressure. And the Texans couldn't get much done offensively. So that's going to be the key uh, to this game today. As far as Ravens go, uh, Michael, I I think when uh, you rest your starters in week 18, Lamar Jackson and several starters, and you go nearly three weeks without playing, that's always a little bit of a tricky situation because most handicappers, I think, assume that the the rest is always a good thing. Sometimes in football, you're going to lose your rhythm uh, when you sit out that long. Lamar Jackson's 0-2 in the divisional round. He's only got one playoff win in his career. And I go back some teams have traits as well and the Ravens are really good as underdogs and pretty good as small favorites but when they're big favorites necessarily you don't want to play them and over the last three years Lamar Jackson is one and eight against the spread when favored by seven and a half points or more so I like the Texans a little bit here I don't love it because I'm a little bit concerned that the Baltimore defense is going to be too much the pressure is going to be too much up front and uh, I did play this. I bought the half point. I played it a little bit at plus nine and a half and a little bit more at plus 10 at a minus 125. And I've, I've got a hedge situation on this game, too, I'll talk about in a minute. But uh, that's mm-hmm. the way I played this one so far.
5: You, you know, Mike, the. Uh, d- d- um. Matt, I think to me, we, we had Jason LaCaforre on earlier, and we mm-hmm. we were both going through these trends that have happened to Baltimore. But I, I think the biggest difference here is they're a way different offense. And Lamar's a different quarterback. That was a run-based team that got behind in the game, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, they have a hard time. They had no drop back pass game. I mean, I felt, I've felt said this many times on the air, that Greg Roman's passing game was, was – was suited for Holy Spirit High School whereas we are used to coach not for the NFL. <laughs> this is a different passing game. And this is a di- and they throw the ball early in the game to get the lead and play from in front. You know, and they're not relying upon the legs of Lamar. Now, I think the part that you said did show up, the fact that, you know, the preseason was there was some time off and the, and the rust in week one, they didn't play that well. They won 26 to 9, 25 to 9, whatever it was, but it wasn't like there was their best game. I think now with all this tape and they're rested, I think they should have a good game plan and I think they'll come out and play better with more focus and more execution because John Harbaugh works his team. This is not a team that goes through, walks through. They actually practice. So I'm less worried about the rest and the continuity and the timing. I think to me this is about they've got to be able to take the profits against this defense, and they've got to be able to put seven points when they get down the red zone. They can't kick field goals and keep this team close.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, those are definitely good points. I do think the Ravens' passing offense is much more effective than it's been in the past. And you know, when I watched that uh, Week One game, it was seven to six at halftime. Yeah, Ravens yeah. didn't have much going offensively. And they finally got it going in the third quarter and kind of blew the game open. And I'm I'm concerned that this game might. Uh, follow a similar script, which is why I kind of hedge my Texans bet here.
5: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the longer these games go, I think what we tend to think of these games where they have we have big spreads as, you know as as college games where the game gets over in the first quarter. That's never the case in the NFL. It's the wear and tear. It's the volume. It's the body punches that get to you. What I thought in that first game, I watched it as well this week too, I thought the front of the Texans did a really good job of running to the ball. I thought Greenart was really good against Ronnie Stanley. I don't think Ronnie Stanley played well in that game at all. Mm -hmm. And that's got to concern you because you're going to have to block him. He's their best defensive lineman. Jerry Hughes is still a good player. Will Anderson still plays well. But on the road, they're a little bit of a different defense than they are playing at home. And I think that you can take advantage of that. They'll play zone and Lamar's going to have some ample opportunities to make some throws against them. Look, we saw the Colts move the ball on them, right? We saw, we saw Gardner Minshew move the ball, and they had a chance to win that game. I think, to me, this Houston Texans team's a good team. They're very good in the kicking game, too. Let's not confuse that, right? They're a good kicking game team, but the, you can move the football on them, especially when you get them on the road.
3: You know, I said that last week, Femi, too, about the Browns. Much better defense at home than on the road, and you saw that show up again last week in the game at Houston. Yeah, Texans were getting whatever they wanted in that game
4: in the first half. We're hanging out with Matt Uman, host of VEASAN tonight here and the VEASAN College Ball Bidding Podcast. You mentioned that you had uh, this Texans plays a little bit of a hedge. Is this a, you had a Ravens future that
3: you got going cooking here? In oh, season? no, no, no. I parlayed the uh, Moneyline, parlayed the two favorites. Mm, uh, so Baltimore, San Francisco, just to win straight up. money line parlay. You know, they're in that neighborhood from minus 415 to minus 475, depending where you shop. So you have to lay about 2-1. to It's minus 200. But, you know, is it going to surprise me if the Texans get trashed and blown out? No, I'm not going to fall off my chair and say, I can't believe that happened. So, yeah, I think the the Ravens and the Niners, pretty good bets to win their games today. And, um, you know, if you money line parlay the two favorites, you should be in a pretty good position here and i played that you obviously played that bigger because you got to lay two to one minus 200. i'm going to give you a couple trends i talked about on last night's show with uh number one seeds in the divisional round because a lot of times on paper these look like oh this should be easy for the two favorites these two teams have been dominant all season the number one seeds are 35 percent against the spread including 10 25 and 1 ats when favored by 10 or fewer points over the past 20 years. This is in divisional round. Also, both one seeds have covered only twice in the past 20 years, and eight times have the one seeds gone 0-2 against the spread in this round. So it's not always as easy as it looks on paper for the one seeds.
5: No, no, it's not. And, and I think, to, but but to counter that, I mean, the home teams typically win in this round. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually you end up getting a, you know, the, the the inability to kind of, the level of comp increases. And so the Cinderella slipper doesn't quite fit. Right. And, and I think, look, I, I think Houston's a great story. But at some point, the crowd's going to be a factor in this game. The noise to check into the right play, to make sure you're not in first and 15. You know, that's where they get you when you play on the road, is all of a sudden your communication, even though you've practiced with crowd noise, it really challenges you. Do you think we're on a uh,
3: Baltimore San Francisco collision course in the Super Bowl? Uh, not necessarily. Actually, yeah, I've, I've got a prop I played before the playoffs on. Uh, well, and it's interesting because I don't love the Bills in tomorrow's game, but I, I played Niners over Bills, Super Bowl exact result. Um, but. No, you know, I'm not a chalk player. And typically when I fill out a bracket, I'm not going to advance the number one seeds automatically and think it's going to be no sweat. But I do, you know, when we look at the second game today, Jordan Love over the last nine games, 21 TDs, one pick. No quarterback is that good. There's going to be some regression. He's got to come back to reality a little bit. And the Packers are 7-2 and over those nine games. And what I think happened last week is, you know, they were playing downhill. They were up 14 nothing right off the bat and the Cowboys were chasing, and uh, Dak played a terrible game. That's not going to happen today in San Francisco. I wouldn't be surprised if the script gets flipped a little bit and the Packers are playing from behind. That's going to make things a lot tougher on Jordan Love.
5: Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, they have to play a certain style and and I don't know how you can trust the, the defense of the Packers to handle the run game. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get two pick sixes. You know, I think that Kyle's going to make sure that, you know, I, I, somebody wrote, somebody wrote this week on Twitter that if Kyle won the toss, he would still defer, which I still think is the right play to win the middle eight, you know? And even if Lafleur floor goes down the field and scores and makes it seven, nothing, I don't think Kyle's going to change his game plan. Even if he goes up 14 to nothing. I mean, I've been down in two games we played the the Baltimore Ravens twice we're down 14 to nothing it didn't change kind of what we did we just had to get back in the game got down 14 nothing got down 28 14 came back won the game so the, the, they're not going to go away I mean this is not going to be a full job what I think is miss is not connected correctly is Dallas's team is truly a front-running team we know that this 49er team you know they they got to get control of the game because the fourth quarters they the fourth quarters are kryptonite if they're not in the lead the fourth quarter that's when they get in trouble
4: and and that could be an interesting live betting angle we talked about that in the lead up to that Ravens Niners game Niners unable to get back into that one obviously the turnovers help Baltimore of course all right we'll get to Sunday's game and maybe a little bit of college hoops as well to wrap up the show next here on the Lombardi line
2: This
3: is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abefae, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Become a Vison Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. I mean, our buddy Matt Yumitz, who's in studio with us, has picks on both of Sunday's wild or divisional round games, I should say, and we'll get to those here shortly. For more VSIN Pro picks, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. The Lombardi line will give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use promo code Lombardi. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi and Michael Lombardi, Matt Eumann's in studio here with us for two segments, host of VEASAN tonight, Monday through Friday, 9 to midnight Eastern time. Make sure you check that out during the week. They're also VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. But let's get to Sunday's game, starting with Sunday afternoon, Buccaneers mm-hmm. at the Detroit Lions. Uh, the market's down to 6. It looks like we might have headed to 7, but now we're down to 6, and even the 6s are looking like minus 105
3: here. Total's at 50. Uh, how do you see this game playing out tomorrow in the Motor City? Uh, first of all, I'm going to say if you use promo code Lombardi, you should probably get more than 10% off. <laughs> can, can, can give hey, people, I don't make the rules. <laughs> give the people 20. Yeah. Can we go up to 20? Anyway. Uh, I'll send an email to somebody <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play the Buccaneers here. I have not bet this yet. Actually, there were a s- couple sevens out there early in the week. Yeah. I didn't pull the trigger fast enough. I do like to dog a little bit in this game. Something about Jared Goff and uh, Dan Campbell tells me it's not going to be easy for the Lions. And, you know, Goff is mistake-prone. Campbell's, uh, you know, good for a mistake or two as well. And, you know, you just wonder how these guys are going to handle the pressure of a high-stakes game like this. There's so much hype in Detroit around this. Well, here's from the Buccaneers' perspective, and I know Michael could probably see this coming, they caught the perfect opponent last week. The Eagles were ready to roll over... And play dead. And that's exactly what happened in that Monday night game. So you can't take too much away from what you saw in Tampa. That said, I do think this Detroit defense is really soft on the back end. And we saw that last week. Matthew Stafford exploited that. He passed for 367 yards. Baker Mayfield's got the receivers, I think, to do the same thing. And these these ankle and rib injuries have been talked about a lot. It didn't seem to be bothering him uh, Monday night. And it's, it's kind of easy to forget that the Buccaneers went to Lambeau Field in week 15. And Mayfield passed for 381 yards and four touchdowns. And they ran the Packers off the field 34 to 20. So I think the Buccaneers are capable here. Uh, I'm going to take the points. This gets back up to six and a half. I might buy it to seven. I might just play it plus six if I have to. But uh, I'm going to take the points with the Bucs. I think they're going to make the
5: uh, – the dog's going to make the Lions sweat this one out, I think. Well, here's my problem with this game mm-hmm. is, and it comes back to Baker, right? And, and I admit, there's moments where ba- Baker is truly, there's two Bakers. There's sure. good Baker and bad yeah. Baker. Yeah. And, and, you know, the media just recognizes the good Baker. They don't see the bad Baker at all, you know, and, and he kind of can get that. Now, look, I, I admit the Bucks team plays hard for him and all that stuff, but there's some moments there where you're like, wait, Baker, just throw the ball, right? So when you go back and, and, and you know going into this game, there's really, Really, no way the Bucks are going to run the ball. They can't. Oh. I think they had 44 yards rushing. So if this becomes a 40-pass game for Baker, four passes are going to get tipped at the line for sure. You know, I don't have enough faith in him to be able to execute. Now, you know, I think to me, having played against the Bucks in the past helps. You know, I think having played against bowls, their defense was was not as good as it is now in terms of their health. But I don't think Ben Johnson's going to make the same mistake that the Eagles make and not be able to p- protect the passer against the blitz. And I think if they come after Goff, as much as Goff wants to get rid of the ball, he has improved against the blitz. So, you know, I like I I on I, Russo this week, Matt. I took the Lions, and I laid the six and a half, and he took the he took the Bucks because I just can't. I'm not going down this Baker train of excitement. I really can't. I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I understand that completely. I, I really can't board the Goff-Campbell train
3: of excitement either. I'm mm-hmm. gonna have, I've had a tough time with this game uh, this week as well. I just get the sense that the Lions are going to figure out a way to maybe uh, try to screw this thing up. And, um, hey, the Rams weren't able to run the ball last week against the Lions either, really. It was all on Stafford's arm. And Stafford played a really good game and uh, a mistake-free game. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's probably not going to play a mistake-free game here. This is a tough handicap. You know, you get down to only four games left, and people want picks on every game. And sometimes, (laughs) you know, you you just don't uh, have real strong opinions on these. Uh, So I I lean to the dog here. It's interesting because when you look at all four games – you can make uh, a pretty good case for all four favorites. I don't like playing favorites. And um, this is a dog I like a little bit, but not a lot.
5: Well, hey, like, Matt. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I've been talking about this stat all week. 29 and 11, the home team is in this round what road team do you think forget the line straight Damn. up what road team would you think has the best chance to win
3: well the the numbers are going to tell you the chiefs without a doubt and so we we can talk about that game next and i think uh with all the injuries on the buffalo defense you know it's i, I think it's, it's a lot of it's easier for a lot of people to just gloss over those and say well it's josh allen's time uh but allen's going to have to go out and play mahomes here and make more big plays and make fewer mistakes. And uh, he's going to have to do it against the Kansas City defense is pretty strong up front and can put pressure and can collapse the pocket. And that's when, you know, Allen can get outside the pocket and he can make plays. So I think this is a fascinating quarterback duo, obviously, between Mahomes and Allen. The one thing you got to be concerned about if you're going to back the Bills, I'm not sure what you think, Michael, but the back end of this Buffalo defense is so banged up, linebackers and DBs. And now you have to respect Rasheed Rice, the second-round draft pick out of SMU. He's emerged as a number-one type receiver. Yeah. He torched the Dolphins last week. So you got to respect Rice. I think the middle of the field is going to be open for Travis Kelsey. One thing I did play, and I don't play a lot of props, I played Kelsey over 62-and-a-half receiving yards. I think this is going to be a big game for him against that Buffalo secondary.
5: Matt, I don't think people realized in the first game that they lost 20-17, to 17, Kansas City outgained them on a per-play per basis. Mm-hmm. Kansas oh, I remember City the game. The,
3: Kansas City gave that game away. Yeah,
5: they gave it away. They yeah. moved the ball, and I—I I, I mean, Mahomes is eight one and one. Everybody's making this stat. Well, Mahomes has never played a road game. You win two Super Bowls. Can we do away with obstacles, please? <laughs> Can we can we just do away with he can't do something like right. okay it may be a harder game on the road but when you're great you're great home I mean did it bother Michael Jordan to win in Utah I don't think so <laughs> you know so you're gonna play great you're gonna play great <laughs> I, I think that's ridiculous I, I think there's a momentum about Buffalo. That I think has gone too far. There's a sentimental feeling. I don't think people are breaking down Buffalo. You hit the nail on the head, or no, Jason but Somebody said it today. Everybody thinks this Bills offense has been better since Brady took over. No, all they've done is run the ball way more, mm-hmm. and their and the running back of Allen has been a guy's got what 15 touchdowns rushing, 18. Yeah. I mean, you know that like when the game's on the line, big boys going to run it, and he's a hard guy to officiate. Like that they, they give him a long whistle if he's sacked in the pocket. They give him every if you touch him when he's sliding, they're gonna call Pat, you know they just do. he's like Shaq. They can't officiate him. he's so big.
4: He he doesn't get quite a bit of calls, but it's not just the media talking about Mahomes road playoff games. Dion Dawkins, Bills left tackle, said, quote, Pat has never been to the Bills stadium in full. The environment will be different. So Mm -hmm. the Bills players are talking about how Mahomes has not gone to to Western New York. We'll
3: see how that plays out. What's interesting is Mahomes (laughs) actually has played a road playoff game. It was at Tampa in the Super Bowl. Didn't right? go well yeah. for him, though. Well, that was all on the uh, Kansas City <laughs> offensive line and Andy Reid. Yeah, you
4: know? yeah, they were banged yeah. up that day. Also, for Kansas City, uh, you mentioned the game that happened earlier this season. Kadarius
5: tony has been ruled out, so do oh, with that information what you want. Oh, my God. I don't good know. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. How are we going to play the <laughs> game mean. without – that's the best that, – that, you know, that's how I used to say when I worked at the Raiders. We're just one injury away from having a good team. Like, that was the one – you know, you're one injury away from having a good team. That's good news for the Chiefs. <laughs> I was going to say, like,
4: you maybe have upgrade the Chiefs with your numbers uh-huh. with that information. There, obviously, heal up, Canarias, Tony. We're not making fun of you being hurt, but hey, it is what it is. Um, so you like? We are kids. making fun
5: about you dropping every pass. Yes, I mean, we from are. From the
4: beginning that. of the season, yeah, or lining up offsides. How about that? <laughs> but we don't need to get down that road <laughs> either. Um, I'll, I'll ask yeah. you both of you guys this question here before we uh, wrap things up here. Today's games, like, do you do you have more faith in the Packers to win outright or the Texans to win outright? Neither. Neither team. Right? No, you huh? can't
5: say neither. That's a cop-out. Which one do you I guys t- like? Well, I can say neither. I took, I took, the, I laid the points. I neither. took Baltimore, laid the points. I took San Francisco and laid the points in Russo.
3: Okay. If one, if one dog's more likely to hang in the game, I think it's going to be the Texans. You think it's Me the Texans. too.
4: Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. So the Packers, Jordan Love and all the hype about that. The Niners just too good of a team. It's
5: still Joe Barry on the other it side. I can't get that out of my head. <laughs>
4: it is. It is. Real quick, uh, college hoops, you had to play in this Iowa-Purdue game. You got, I got a, bu- a bunch of Give place. us Iowa-Purdue.
3: Huh? Well, I took seven with the Hawkeyes. It's just a tough spot for Purdue. Off a win over its biggest rival, 21-point win on Tuesday. Back-to-back road games. You gonna play in a Hawkeyes team that's now won three in a row and blew out Nebraska on this court last week. Um, I also played St. John's minus one this morning against Marquette. And tonight big game out in uh, Michael's neighborhood Villanova plus four against number one UConn there we go wow I know that that game will
4: be on Michael's second tv of course uh, while he's watching right yeah sure will be yeah <laughs> I, I won't miss that for the world <laughs> enjoy the games Michael enjoy the rest of your Saturday enjoy the games Matt good luck everyone out there with the bets this upcoming weekend live bet Saturday with Pam Maldonado and JVT is coming up next